This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Steve Dace is a uh, talk radio show host um, heard nationwide out of uh, Iowa and a uh, friend of the program, author of the new book, Nefarious Plot, which is very C.S. Lewis. I mean, it is a great, great book that everybody should read um, that is, is modeled after the screw tape letters. And if you like the screw tape letters, this is a modern version of it. And I think, I mean, I hate to say this because it is C.S. Lewis, but I think just, you know, in the same category as, wow. as good. It was really good, Steve. Well, that's about the highest praise you can give a Theo nerd like me. So I'd like to just walk off now, if that's okay. Yeah. All right, this like a Costanza high note. That's, <laughs> that's okay. right, that's right. Welcome to the studios. Glad you're Thank here. You. Um, you, um, uh, you called together a little get-together of some of the people who were never Trump and reluctantly Trump um, and, and wanted to have a conversation with people of where we go from here. What are you trying to accomplish? Just that. I think that we have got to have a time period where um, there can be some family healing going on after what's transpired over the last year. And I think I told you yesterday that I I didn't really truly understand how difficult the last six and seven months has been because it's not new necessarily for me. I'm kind of one of those grassroots rabble rousers anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so being on the, on the outside looking in of some of my own friends is almost like a state of being for me. But this took it to a whole new level. And I really wasn't aware until it was over just what the weight of what the last few months was like, feeling like every day I was arguing with members of my own audience, um, you know, people who put food on our table, who mm-hmm. support, that support us, that make it possible for us to do things like this. Mm-hmm. Arguing with, with our own peers and our own friends how many tweets I composed that I had to delete to my own friends because I just couldn't handle some of the things I was seeing and then wondering how often they were doing the exact same thing to me, right? Mm -hmm. And when I got up the next morning, I was like, holy cow. It was like Katrina and the waves. That one I'm walking on sunshine song came on. It was like, this weight is gone. And, And I think there needs to be though some time to assess where we're at because I think strategically we are in a place that we've never been in before as a movement. And that is, taking for granted that a conservative movement even still exists, which I have my doubts about that. I I think we need to also discuss what does conservatism even mean? I was on C-SPAN for an hour the week before the election, and I got that question. And I defined it as I'm a conservative because I'm trying to conserve the things that history has proven are what's best for the human condition. And black man from Detroit calls up and says, I'm a black man from Detroit and says, I've never voted Republican in my entire life, but if someone had explained it to me the way you just did, I might have I might have looked at this differently. I think our I think our damage or our brand has been damaged quite a bit in this race, and I think that it's not a victory as much as a reprieve. I think everybody to some extent is ecstatic the Marxists are out of the White House, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean Donald Trump had a character transplant because the communists are gone. And I think you're watching his capricious, mercurial, unstable nature play itself out just in the court of owls that we're seeing get assembled here in, the, in, in almost this sort of Kremlin-esque intrigue about transition teams and who's in and who's out. 
I mean, we've this happens to all of them. Why is this as a negative? This happens. This happens all the time. The transition team. This this seems normal to me. It, we're on we're on like our third transition team. <laughs> this thing's been on it for a week, you know, and and there's mixed signals everywhere, and and I I just think that. One thing that's, that's how the Trump camp rolls, though. Well, yes, it, this happened the whole campaign because that's right? how he rolls. No, that's how he rolls. No campaign can rise above its own candidate. Right. The candidate is always the one responsible for the outcome of a campaign. We should I mean, say that you were a friend of you were a friend and supporter of Donald Trump's for a long time. Or at first, at first, a long time, maybe a relative term. OK, uh, what really changed my mind it, for good. You endorsed Ted, though, right? Yes, by the, I did. By the in time fact, the Iowa. In fact, there was. Caucus. I remember I called Ted up in um, in early July, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm thinking about. I'm leaning going this way. I'm really thinking about it. You know, I think we do need to burn it down. I think we need something dramatically different. And about a week later, um, there was an event in Iowa where they had 13 of the candidates show up. It was a leadership summit, and I was the co MC with Frank Luntz. And I'm sitting there backstage. I'm actually getting ready to meet with uh, Donald Trump again. He's going to come off backstage or to grab a private room, presumably to try to close me as a supporter. And I'm sitting there 20 feet from him when when he talks about, I've never asked God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong. Which was, to me, that was the big thing that stood out to me, even more than the McCain comments, as offensive as those were. Mm -hmm. But that was the thing like, wow, you just walked into a room of 3,000 evangelicals and dropped that bomb. You may not, you you don't understand what you're walking into. And then, and then he talked about, well, I like soldiers who weren't captured. And I knew, or I suspected when they walked off of there, that, that him and his people were going to ask me, how do you clean up this mess? I didn't know what the answer was. So this is not a great, this was not a real men of courage moment, guys. I hit the eject. I just walked out. Because I, 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 I was like, I wouldn't know how to fix this. It's done. Don't fix it. Go home. Go back to Trump Tower. This is not fixable. Salvage your brand. So, but it didn't hurt him. It didn't, it didn't. It didn't hurt him. You know why it didn't hurt him is Sam Nunberg, who is still a friend of mine, who was the guy that helped set up Trump's original campaign. Mm-hmm. Sam called me the next day. He had sent me a column that he had ghostwritten for Trump for USA Today in response to this, and it was and he essentially had doubled down on it. And Sam and 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 the column was, hey, look at all the money I've given to veterans groups. Look at everything I've done. Who are you people to question me? And Sam said to me, he said, hey, Steve, do you like this column? And I said, I, I think it's forceful. I like it. He goes, well, I go, why? And he said, because I took everything that you put in your book, Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again, the previous book I wrote, and I used that to construct this piece. And I am convinced that that is what turned everything around. The first time the media came at him. See, this election wasn't a repudiation of Hillary Clinton. I don't even think it was a repudiation of Barack Obama. I think it was a backlash repudiation of the media. And Trump ran against the media the entire time, ran against them in the primary. Fox tried to kill him in the first debate. They couldn't. And so they ended up shilling for him after that. I think he beat the media. And I think most people as conservatives, guys, define their conservatism not by an objective values or set of values, but by opposition to the liberal media. Explain that. Meaning that I think we're so we don't we, first of all, we don't have an objective value system. Ask the average conservative, why are you a conservative? And you're probably not going to get a cogent answer. I mean, I, I, was, I was listening to the roundtable you had, had before I came on, and you talked about the Declaration of Independence. When I go around the country, if I teach in churches or I speak in churches or I preach in the church where I go to back home, if I ask believers, what is the foundation of the Christian faith? Almost every time they're going to tell me it's the Bible. No, it's not. Christ is the foundation of the Christian faith. 
Paul says, if Christ isn't raised, you're, then your preaching is in vain. You're all still dead in your sins. Christianity is about God supernaturally wove his hand into history to roll a stone away and bring a dead man back to life. Did that fact happen or not? If it did, then the Bible is the clarification of how we are, the de- how, how we are to then live in light of that fact. If it didn't happen, then we don't, we, we're free agents to free and make this up as we go along. The, the, the Christianity's foundation is Christ. The clarification is the Bible. That is the relationship, I believe, between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. The Declaration of Independence is the foundation of America. There is a God. Our rights come from him. Government's only responsibility is to protect and preserve those rights so we can reach our God-given potential. And that's it. That's it. That's all there is. There isn't any more. That's it. And then the the inevitable, inevitable questions that come along when we have conflicts. How do we resolve those things? The Constitution clarifies those conflicts. But the Declaration is the foundation. How often is that foundation ever uttered, ever by any conservative? I just just gave this speech Sunday. I wish you would have been there because it was that. There's six points in the Declaration. And the Declaration of Independence has those six points. And that's all you need to know. That is the spirit Mm -hmm. of America. The Constitution is the framework on how to protect that idea. Um, and, And we miss that. And progressives have tried to destroy the Declaration. And we don't have a Declaration the, the, the conservatives are supposed to be saying, what is a conservative? Well, that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Right. That all men are created. They're endowed by their creator with certain rights that are unchangeable. Those rights come from God. The government is established to be able to protect those rights. That is their main duty, protect those rights. Mm-hmm. That, the, that the laws are all based in natural law and uh, the laws of nature and nature's God. So the laws out of the Bible, the big 10 commandments Mm -hmm. and what you witness in nature, you can protect yourself because a bear can protect itself. So why can't I? Um, Nature's laws, nature's God. And the last one is if a government becomes hostile to that, you have the right to abolish it right. and reestablish a new government that will protect those rights. I mean, that's I, it. That's the whole idea of America in a nutshell. I know it sounds like we're having a Cleon Skousen class in here, but that, that's, that's what it is. That's what we're supposed to be conserving. I don't, know, I, I don't know what most of conservatism is. And, and it's easy for me to say I, I don't have, you know, one of the 10 biggest shows in the country. I haven't written five New York Times bestsellers, but it seems to me like... Most of conservatism is selling out conferences and selling widgets. Yes. And it's not an advancement of a set of principles, let alone policy. Does anybody know what the Sam Hill conservative policy actually would be? Forget even defining our principles. Let's say we define those. How would we go about governing accordingly? Does any, has anybody even seen in their lifetime, except for maybe the first half of Ronald Reagan's first term before the rigor mortis of Washington set in, has anybody ever actually seen what governing along those lines would look like beyond just no. framing the principles? No. No. And you ask a conservative, what does it mean to be a conservative? Well, I believe in God, and I believe in traditional marriage, and I believe that people should work hard and we should have less you know, welfare, whatever they want to say. They make it about the policies. What does it mean to be a conservative? Mm -hmm. There are certain ideas that are universal and everybody knows that we were created, 
We were created by a God. The, that God gave us rights. We've established government to protect those rights. And the minute those rights, the government starts to abuse those rights, we have a right to abolish it. That is the conservative idea. And if we can all start to say those things, because, uh, you know, I was looking, if you look at the Bill of Rights, everybody's looking for a place where we can come together now. Well, what are we going to do on global warming? What are we going to do about Planned Parenthood? What are we going to do about... We're so far beyond that. We are so... We have no cornerstone anymore. We have no baseline anymore. So we're just winging it on all of those. There's nothing to be able to say, well, our polar star says that we have to do X, what Y, and Z. What is the plumb line of American culture? What is that? There is none. There is none. There is none. And it is the idea of the Declaration of Independence and the framework of the Constitution. And I know I could go to any college campus. I could go to Berkeley mm-hmm. and say, do you believe in freedom of press that press shouldn't be restrained? Now, this is changing, but right now we still have, yeah, press, uh, uh, there's a freedom of press. Yes, there is a freedom to assemble peacefully. Yes, there's a freedom to question the government. Yes, there's freedom of religion. That one is beginning to change too. It is. Because we have abused both the press and religion. Right. There is, an, there's a fascinating article at 538 today, which is Nate Silver's yep. site. And it talks about how Americans may be too religious to accept socialism. And if I wasn't down here hanging out with you, all, with you all today, here's what I would do on my show if I was on the air on my show tonight. I would go on the air and ask my audience, why is this true? Why is America, t- why, how come if a people are religious, they will reject socialism? And I will guarantee you most of my audience, unless I explain it to them, won't know. Won't know. And it's because obviously if the state's going to be God, there can't already be a God. Yes. That's why socialism either precedes or, or proceeds secularism every single time. I don't time. believe we are too religious for socialism. I don't think we are either. But I think, it, but here's what's fascinating. My point is how, how often we had to see because Fox, Infowars and Drudge wouldn't do it. And so we saw the mainstream media vetting Trump during the primary, according to his, his lack of conservative orthodoxy. The liberals were doing it. Now, 538, a liberal analytical site, is now explaining to us essentially conservative apologetics, why we won't accept socialism because we're still too religious. They're making our arguments for us better than we currently make them. By the way, that's not good, guys. No, because they're making those arguments so they can understand yes. it and dismantle yeah, it. They're, dis- they're deconstructing us better than we are constructing ourselves. And, and the fact is... I think that most people have been convinced by the left now that socialism and Christianity are one and the same. Yes. I mean, Jesus way too many people yeah. believe that Jesus yes. was a socialist. Yes. I, I just read another article about yeah. that. Yeah, easy. And the rest of the people think that socialism, and I'm not making this up, think socialism has something to do with social media. Yes. Socialism just means the promotion of Facebook and Twitter. Okay, there was a poll a few years ago that found something like six out of ten people that had been had held elected office felt the Electoral College was a place that you went to get trained on how to get elected. So there you go.
Steve Dace is with us, the uh, uh, talk show host and also author of the new book, uh, Nefarious Plot, which I can't recommend highly enough. Just a great book. Steve, so where do we go from here? What, what happens now? Because people are hurting and they are looking for somebody and they are dismissing people like, I mean, even those in the conservative movement are dismissing people like Steve Bannon. The media is now saying Steve Bannon is a bad guy. They're absolutely right on this. But the media has such a bad relationship with the American people. By them saying he's a bad guy only makes, only makes people say, well, he must be a good guy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing their best to inoculate Steve Bannon from criticism at this point. Um, and I said this, PBS called me the day after the election, asked me to come on a roundtable and discuss from a conservative viewpoint how they missed the Trump phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And I, I pointed out to them that, you know, you guys are disconnected from America. And I asked them, how many people in your newsroom right now at PBS, how many are pro-life? How many of them go to mass once a week? How many of them go to church? How many of them even considered voting for Donald Trump? Like a single person. You guys define diversity by external identity. Most of America doesn't. Most of America defines their identity by their value system or what they think they need or want at the time. And so you are literally not talking to most of this country. And that's why you miss that. And, and you, I think, I, think I, I told them, I think, you got, I think people got the rise of Fox News wrong. That it wasn't that it was GOP TV. That's kind of what it is now. But that they, they, they talked about our values without suspicion. Yes. You guys do. Yes. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. 